Chapter 47 of Jerusalem to Revelations A Quartet of Spiritual Experience by William Blake and others. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tony Addison. Inferno 5. The Second Circle sexual intemperance the lascivious and adulterers thus from the first of circles i went down into the second which surrounds less space and all the greater pain which goads to wailing there minos stands in horrid guise and snarls inside the entrance he examines sins judges and as he girds himself commits. I mean that when an ill-born soul appears before him, it confesses itself holy, and thereupon that connoisseur of sins perceives what place in hell belongs to it, and girds him with his tail as many times as are the grades he wishes it sent down. Before him there are always many standing. They go to judgment, each one in his turn they speak and hear and then are downward hurled o oh, thou that comest to the inn of woe said minos giving up on seeing me the execution of so great a charge see how thou enter and in whom thou put thy trust let not the gateways with deceive thee to him my leader said why dost thou too cry hinder thou not this fate ordained advance thus is it yonder world where there is power to do whate'er is willed so ask no more and now the woeful sounds of actual pain begin to break upon mine ears I now am come to where much wailing smiteth me. I reached a region silent of all light, which bellows as the sea doth in a storm, if lashed and beaten by opposing winds. The infernal hurricane, which never stops, carries the spirits onward with its sweep, and as it whirls and smites them, gives them pain. Whene'er they come before the shattered rock, Their lamentations, moans, and shrieks are heard. There, cursing, they blaspheme the power divine. I understood that to this kind of pain Are doomed those carnal sinners Who subject their reason to their sensual appetite. And as their wings bear starlings on their way when days are cold in full and widespread flocks so doth that blast the evil spirits bear this way and that and up and down it leads them nor only doth no hope of rest but none of lesser suffering ever comfort them and even as cranes move on and sing their lays 
forming the while a long line in the air. Thus saw I coming, uttering cries of pain, shades borne along upon the aforesaid storm. I therefore said, Who, teacher, are the people the gloomy air so cruelly chastises? The first of those of whom thou wouldst have news, the latter thereupon said unto me, was empress over lands of many tongues. To sexual vice so holy was she given, that lust she rendered lawful in her laws, thus to remove the blame she had incurred. Semiramis she is, of whom one reads that she gave suck to Ninus, and became his wife. She held the land the Soldan rules. The next is she who killed herself through love, and to Sicaeus' ashes broke her faith. The lustful Cleopatra follows her. See Helen, for whose sake so long a time of guilt rolled by, and great Achilles, see, who fought with love when at the end of life. Paris and Tristan, see, and then he showed me, and pointed out by name a thousand shades, and more whom love had from our life cut off. When I had heard my leader speak the names of ladies and their knights of olden times, pity o'ercame me, and I almost swooned. Poet, I then began, I'd gladly talk with those two yonder who together go, and seem to be so light upon the wind. Thou'lt see thy chance, when nearer us they are, said he. Beseech them, them, by that same love which leadeth them along, and they will come. Soon as the wind toward us had bent their course, I cried, O toil-worn souls, come speak with us, so be it that one else forbid it not. As doves, when called by their desire, come flying, with raised and steady pinions through the air to their sweet nest, borne on by their own will. So, from the band where Dido is, they issued, advancing through the noisome air toward us, so strong would love the tone of my appeal. Oh, thou benign! and gracious living creature, that goest through the gloomy purple air to visit us, who stained the world blood-red, if friendly were the universal king, for thy peace would we pray to him, since pity thou showest for this wretched woe of ours. Of whatsoever it may please you hear and speak, we will both hear and speak with you, while yet, as now it is, the wind is hushed, the town where I was born sits on the shore, whither the Po descends to be at peace, together with the streams that follow him. Love, which soon seizes on a well-born heart, seized him for that fair body's sake, whereof I was deprived, and still the way offends me. Love, which absolves from loving none that's loved, seized me so strongly for his love of me, 
that as thou seest it doth not leave me yet love to a death in common led us on cain's ice awaiteth him who quenched our life these words were wafted down to us from them when i had heard those sorely troubled souls i bowed my head and long i held it low until the poet said what thinkest thou when i made answer i began alas how many tender thoughts and what desire induced these souls to take the woeful step i then turned back to them again and spoke and i began thine agonies francesca caused me to weep with grief and sympathy but tell me at the time of tender sighs whereby and how did love concede to you that ye should know each other's veiled desires and she to me there is no greater pain than to remember happy days in days of misery and this thy leader knows but if to know the first root of our love so yearning a desire possesses thee i'll do as one who weepeth while he speaks one day for pastime merely we were reading of lancelot and how love o'erpowered him alone we were and free from all misgiving oft did that reading cause our eyes to meet and often take the colour from our faces and yet one passage only overcame us when we had read of how the longed-for smile was kissed by such a lover this one here who never more shall be divided from me trembling all over kissed me on my mouth a gala the book and he who wrote it no further in it did we read that day while one was saying this the other spirit so sorely wept that out of sympathy i swooned away as though about to die and fell as falls a body that is dead inferno six the third circle intemperance in food gluttons on my return to consciousness which closed before the kindred couple's piteous case which utterly confounded me with grief new torments all around me i behold and new tormented ones where'er i move where'er i turn and wheresoe'er i gaze in the third circle am i that of rain eternal cursed cold and burdensome its measure and quality are never new coarse hail and snow and dirty coloured water through the dark air are ever pouring down and foully smells the ground receiving them a wild beast cerberus uncouth and cruel is barking with three throats as would a dog over the people that are there submerged red eyes he hath a dark and greasy beard a belly big and talons on his hands he claws the spirits flays and quarters them 
the rainfall causes them to howl like dogs with one side they make shelter for the other oft do the poor profaners turn about when cerberus the mighty worm perceived us his mouth he opened showing us his fangs nor had he any limb that he kept still my leader then stretched out his opened palms and took some earth and with his fists well filled he threw it down into the greedy throat and like a dog that barking yearns for food and when he comes to bite it is appeased since only to devour it doth he strain and fight even such became those filthy faces of demon cerberus who thundering stuns the spirits so that they would fain be death over the shades the heavy rain beats down we then were passing as our feet we set upon their unreal bodies which seem real they each and all were lying on the ground excepting one which rose and sat upright when it perceived us pass in front of it o oh, thou that through this hell art being led it said to me recall me if thou canst for thou before i unmade was wast made and i to it the anguish thou art in perchance withdraws thee from my memory so it doth not seem that thee i ever saw but tell me who thou art that in so painful a place art set and to such punishment that none though greater so repulsive is and he to me thy town which is so full of envy that the bag o'erflows already owned me when i was in the peaceful life chiaco you townsmen used to call me then for my injurious fault of gluttony unbroken as thou seest by the rain nor yet am i sad soul the only one for all these here a subject for like fault unto like pain thereat he spoke no more thy trouble chiaco i replied to him so burdens me that it invites my tears but tell me if thou canst to what will come the citizens of our divided town if any one therein is just and tell me the reason why such discord hath assailed her and he to me then after struggling long they'll come to bloodshed and the boorish party will drive the other out with much offence then afterward the latter needs must fall within three suns and the other party rise by help of one who now is on the fence a long time will it hold its forehead up keeping the other under grievous weights howe'er it weep therefore and be ashamed two men are just but are not heeded there the three sparks that have set men's hearts on fire are overweening pride envy and greed herewith he closed his tear-inspiring speech and i to him i'd have thee teach me still and grant the favour of some further talk farinata entegiayo 
who so worthy were, Jacopo, Rusticucci, Arrigo, and Mosca, and the others who were set on doing good. Tell me where these are, and let me know of them, for great desire constraineth me to learn if heaven now sweeten or hell poison them. And he, among the blackest souls are these, a different fault weighs toward the bottom each. If thou descend so far, thou mayest behold them. But when in the sweet world thou art again, recall me, prithee, unto others' minds, I tell no more, nor further answer thee. His fixed eyes thereupon he turned askance. A while he looked at me, then bowed his head, and fell therewith among the other blind. Then said my leader, He'll not wake again on this side of the angel-trumpet sound. What time the hostile Podesta shall come, each soul will find again its dismal tomb. Each will take on again its flesh and shape, and hear what through eternity resounds. We thus pass through, with slowly moving steps, the filthy mixture of the shades and rain, talking a little of the future life, because of which I said, These torments, teacher, after the final sentence, will they grow or less become, or burn the same as now? And he to me, Return thou to thy science, which holdeth that the more a thing is perfect, so much the more it feels of weal or woe. Although this cursed folk shall never more arrive at true perfection, it expects to be more perfect after than before. As in a circle, round that road we went, speaking at greater length than I repeat, and came unto a place where one descends, there found we Plutus, the great enemy. Inferno 7. The Fourth Circle. Intemperance in Wealth. Misers and Prodigals. The Fifth Circle. Pape Satan, Pape Satan, Aleppo. Thus Plutus, with his clucking voice, began. That noble sage then, who knew everything, said to encourage me, Let not thy fear distress thee, for whatever power he have, he'll not prevent our going down this rock. Then, to those swollen lips, he turned around and said, Be silent, thou accursed wolf, with thine own rage consume thyself with them. Not causeless is our going to the bottom. There is it willed on high, where Michael wrought vengeance upon the arrogant rebellion. As sails, when swollen by the wind, fall down and tangled, when the mast breaks, even so, down to the ground, the cruel monster fell. Into the fourth ditch, we descended thus, advancing further o'er the woeful edge, which bags all evil in the universe. Justice of God, alas, who heapeth up the many unheard-of toils and pains I saw, and wherefore doth our sin torment us so? As yonder, or Charybdis, doth the sea, 
which breaks against the one it runs to meet, so must the people dance a ring-dance here. I hear so folk, more numerous than elsewhere, on one side and the other, with great howls, rolling big weights around by strength of chest. They struck against each other, then, right there, each turned, and rolling back his weight, cried out, Why keepest thou, and wherefore throw away? They circled thus around the gloomy ring, on either hand and to the point opposed, still shouting each to each their vile refrain. Then each turned back, when, through his own half-ring, he had attained the other butting-place. And I, whose heart was well nigh broken, said, Now, teacher, show me who these people are, and tell me whether all these tonsured ones upon our left ecclesiastics were. And he replied to me, They each and all were in their first life so squint-eyed in mind that they with measure used no money there. Clearly enough their voices barked forth, whene'er they reached the two points of the ring where differences in fault unmateth them. These churchmen were who have no hairy covering upon their heads, and popes and cardinals, among whom avarice works its mastery. And I to him, Among such men as these, I surely, teacher, ought to recognize a few who by these sins polluted were. And he to me, Thou shapest a vain thought, the undiscerning life which made them foul, now to all recognition makes them dark. To these two shocks they'll come eternally. These from the sepulchre will rise again close-fisted. These, shorn of their very hair, ill-giving and ill-keeping, took from them the lovely world, and set them at this fray. To qualify it, I'll not use fair words. Now canst thou some behold the short-lived cheat of riches that are put in fortune's care and for whose sake the human race contends for all the gold there is beneath the moon and all that was there once could not avail to make one of these weary spirits rest teacher said i to him now tell me further what is this fortune thou dost touch upon which hath the world's good things thus in her claws. Oh, foolish creatures, said he then to me, how great the ignorance which hurteth you! I'd have thee swallow now my thought of her. The one whose knowledge everything transcends so made the heavens, and so gave guides to them, that every part on every other shines, thus equally distributing the light. Likewise, for worldly splendours, he ordained a general minister and guide to change from time to time the vain goods of the world from race to race, from one blood to another, past all resistance by the minds of men. Wherefore one people governs, and the other declines in power, according to her judgment, which hidden is, as in the grass, a snake. Your knowledge 
is not able to resist her, foreseeing she decides, and carries on her government as theirs, the other gods. Her permutations have no truce at all. Necessity compels her to be swept. Hence, oft it happens that a change occurs. This is the one who is so often cursed, even by those who ought to give her praise, yet give her blame amiss and ill repute. But she is blessed, and gives no heed to that. Among the other primal creatures glad, she turns her sphere, and blessed enjoys herself. But now to woe, more piteous, let's descend. Now falls each star that rose when I set out and one is here forbidden too long a stay. We cross the circle to the other bank, over a bubbling stream that poureth down, along a ditch which from it takes its shape. Then purple-black, much darker was its water, and we, accompanying its dusky waves, went down and entered on an uncouth path. A swamp it forms, which hath the name of Styx, this dismal little brook, when it hath reached the bottom of the great malignant slopes. And I, who was intensely gazing there, saw muddy people in that slimy marsh, all naked and with anger in their looks. They struck each other, not with hands alone, but with their heads and chests and with their feet, and rent each other piecemeal with their teeth said the good teacher some thou seest now the souls of those whom anger overcame nay more i'd had thee certainly believe that neat the water the rafoku sigh and make this water bubble at its surface as wheresoe'er it turn thine eye reveals stuck in the slime they say sullen we were in the sweet air that's gladdened by the sun bearing within us fumes of surliness, we now are sullen in the swamp's black mire. This hymn they gurgle down inside their throats, because they cannot utter it with perfect speech. And so we circled round the filthy fen, a great arc between the dry bank and the marsh, our eyes intent on those that swallow mud, and to a tower's foot we came at last. Inferno 8 The Fifth Circle Intemperance in Indignation The Wrathful and Sullen Styx The City of Dis I say, continuing, that long before we ever reached the lofty tower's foot, our eyes had up would toward its summit turned, because of two small flames we there saw placed, and of another answering from so far, that hardly could mine eyesight make it out. Then, to all wisdom's see, I turned around and said, What saith this? And what replies that other fire? And who are they that made it? And he to me, Upon the filthy wave, Thou canst already see what is expected, unless the marsh's fog conceal it from thee. Bowstring ne'er shot an arrow from itself, 
that sped away so swiftly through the air as i beheld a slender little boat come toward us through the water thereupon under the guidance of a single boatman who shouted thou art caught now wicked soul o phlegius phlegius said my master then this time thou criest out in vain no longer shalt thou have us than while we cross the swamp like one who listens to a great deceit practised upon him and who then resents it so phlegius in his stifled wrath became my leader then went down into the boat and had me enter after him and only when i was in it did it laden seem soon as my leader and i were in the boat the ancient prow goes on its way and cuts more water than with others is its wont while we were speeding through the stagnant trench one stood before me filled with mud and said now who art thou that comest ere thy time and i to him even though i come i stay not but who art thou that art become so foul he answered as thou seest i'm one who weeps then i to him in sorrow and in grief mayst thou accursed spirit here remain for thee i know all filthy though thou be then toward the boat he stretched out both his hands my wary teacher therefore thrust him up saying away there with the other dogs and with his arms he then embraced my neck and kissed my face and said blessed be she who pregnant was with thee indignant soul he was a haughty person in the world nor is there any goodness which adorns his memory hence his shade is furious here how many now up yonder think themselves great kings who here shall be like pigs in mire leaving behind them horrible contempt and i said teacher i'd be greatly pleased to see him get a ducking in this broth before we issue from the marshy lake and he to me thou shalt be satisfied before the shore reveal itself to thee tis meet that thou enjoy a wish like that soon after this i saw the muddy people making such havoc of him that therefore i shall give praise and render thanks to god they all were shouting at filippo argenti the spirit of the wrathful florentine turning meanwhile his teeth against himself we left him there of him i therefore tell no more but on mine ears there smote a wail hence i intent ahead unbar mine eyes the kindly teacher said now son at last the town whose name is dis is drawing near with all its host of burdened citizens and i said teacher clearly i behold its mosques already in that valley there vermilion as if issuing out of fire and he to me the eternal fire within which keeps them burning maketh them look red as thou perceivest in this nether hell thereat we came inside the trenches deep which fortify that region comfortless 
to me its walls appeared to be of iron not without going first a long way round we came to where the boatman cried aloud to us get out for here the entrance is more than a thousand o'er the gates i saw of those that from the heavens had reigned who vexed were saying who is he that without death is going through the kingdom of the dead and my wise teacher thereupon made signs of wishing to have private talk with them their great disdain they somewhat checked and said come thou along and let him go his way who with such daring entered this domain let him retrace alone his foolish road and try it if he can for thou shalt here remain that him so dark a land didst show think reader whether i lost heart on hearing those cursed words for i did not believe that i should e'er return on earth again oh my dear leader who hast made me safe more than seven times and extricated me from serious dangers which i had to face forsake me not said i and so undone if further progress be denied to us let us at once retrace our steps together that lord then who had brought me thither said be not afraid for none can take from us our passage since by such an want is given but thou await me here and with good hope nourish and comfort thou thy weary soul for i'll not leave thee in the nether world thus goes his way and there abandons me my tender father and i in doubt remain for yes and no contend within my head i could not hear what he proposed to them but with them there he did not long remain for each in rivalry ran back within they closed the gates those enemies of ours right in my master's face who stayed outside and walking with slow steps returned to me his eyes were downcast and his eyebrows shorn of all self-trust and as he sighed he said who has forbidden me the homes of pain though i get angry be not thou dismayed he said to me for i shall win the fight whate'er defensive stir be made within this insolence of theirs is nothing new for at a gateway less concealed than this they used it once which still is lockless found death's scroll thou sawest over it and now this side of it one such descends the slope crossing the rings unguided that through him the city will be opened unto us End of chapter 47